What is this? Fails. Fails. Well, excuse me, princess. Just shut up and listen. And listen good, chief. This is not a drill. Your words are as empty as your soul. But enough talk. How about you? When we find that media, we'll find Dr. Wowie. Welcome to an All Less Fails, an internet radio show for video game advice. I am your host, Eric M. Hunter. So recently I've started working out again. It's been almost a year since I took a break. Uh, for lots of reasons, work, uh, school, had a baby. He kind of takes up a lot of my time, you know, with the crying and the feeding and the pooping and the crying, and the feeding and the pooping. Um, so it, even though it may seem like, oh, I can put him down for a few hours for a nap, that'll give me a chance to run down and, you know, work out or go out to the gym or something and lift some weights. But that's, I mean, those two hours for those who don't have kids or those who do have kids know exactly what I'm talking about. Those two hours are so precious that the last thing you want to do is just run your body through a rigmarole of moving weights from one side to another, all in the admiration of being in a healthier lifestyle where I would just rather sit on the couch, maybe play a video game. And just relax. But I have gotten back into weight training and uh, I remembered why I like it so much. I like the, the feeling of, you know, pushing yourself so much and, you know, you can feel your muscles straining and building up and uh, breaking down. And I just that aspect of life is so absent now. For many people, manual labor is just a very absent minded thing. You know, they just don't do it anymore. So uh, it's nice to get back into it. But it got me thinking about uh, video games that have sort of like that exercise, that training aspect to it and just how they are basically non-existent nowadays, or at least to me. Uh, I can't remember the last time that I saw, you know, like a, a track and field style game or a world track meet style game where you had to, you know, physically move to get the game moving. Whereas with the exception of something like DDR, the game's going to play regardless if you're going to hit those buttons or not, but you're not going to get a high score, obviously, if you don't hit the arrows when you're supposed to hit the arrows. And that definitely builds up some sweat. I was a big DDR fan back in the day, touring my local uh, arcade, if that's what you wanted to call it. It was basically a bar with a couple of arcade cabinets in it. And DDR was one of them. And I was always a big fan of that game because what I just love that music. I love that, like that weird, like anime. It's not anime. Why do I even say anime? Got anime on the brain. Uh, like that J-pop, like high energy club music. It's all in Japanese typically. And you have no idea what's going on, but they sound super happy to be singing it. That's probably the closest thing. Uh, in recent past. But I mean, in the past, there was all kinds of games, you know, like I was saying, there was world track meet. Um, there wasn't like a, um, an exercise bike. I can't remember the, the the game is like super rare now. Uh, it was a super NES game where you got on a physical bike, like a physical stationary bike, and you had to pedal to get the game to play the game, like to get it, to get your character moving. And I just, I don't know, that blows my mind to think about that. It's like the only thing I can think of, like any kind of like exercising going on in games now uh, is not, you know, any exercise to you personally, but to your character on screen like you always feel bad for the digital sprites on screen where you know like there's a there's a couple of boxing games i want it was like maybe vanier holyfield's boxing game for the genesis um where you have to before you can even get into the into the ring to physically box somebody you have to go to the gym and train like this guy's a world-class boxer i get that he trains probably every day 
You know, like it, you know, he eats a dozen eggs every day. He's pounding protein drinks every, like left and right. You know, he's uh, he's going into the, the the lockers at his local grocery and he's just like pounding away at the meat that's hanging from the hook for no reason. Uh, you know, to get in that, that real feel of hitting, you know, something else that has some sort of force back. Like I get it. I'm a sloth sitting on a couch with a controller in my hand. The last thing I want to do is force because you, you are literally forcing this digital Sprite to work out for you. Even though you just came to box, like I'm surprised that there's not some sort of, uh, labor laws or like you, there needs to be a union instated for these Sprites because we are forcing them to work out when they don't have to work out. I mean, you could you could make them fail these training games over and over and over again for hours on end. Like, how are they getting paid for this? Is there overtime? Is there guaranteed weekends and nights? Do they get holidays off? Is there holiday pay? Is it time and a half? Is it double time? Like, where 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 is the breakdown? Where is the book? I want the book for these sprites of how these labor laws are affecting them because they are being abused. And if not, then we need a Sprite union to start right now. It's time to vote. The midterm election is coming up later this year, and it is the best time to put your money where your mouth is. And by money, I mean your vote, because that's a whole other podcast that I'm not even going to take part in about how odd things have become in the political sphere with the involvement of money. But we need it. We need an eight bit union right now. Let's break into our first question. So I'm a gamer, a father, a working class schmuck. What? I mean, you know, don't be too hard on yourself. I mean, that's. You're probably a nice guy or girl. I don't I mean, I'm sure you're fine. I'm sure you're a fine person. I was going to say human being, but I, I mean, this could be from an alien for all I know. From Dimension Six. But I always try to make time to get some video gaming in. Good for you. Good for you. As someone who has amassed a multitude of games over the years and suffers from adding more games than I ever play, I never know what to play next. Preaching to the choir over here. You are preaching to the choir, which is weird because you don't preach to the choir. You you preach to the pulpit. Never mind. But I need some advice. Well, then you come to the right place. How do I decide amongst all of the games in my backlog to play next? There's got to be a better way. And this is signed backlog. Backed bloggery, what struggler? Backed logged, back loggery struggler. Wow, that's a mouthful, even for me. I got a big mouth. In case you can't hear it, it's a it's a big mouth. So you got a ton of games. I agree. So do I. Ton of games. Uh, you suffer for adding more than what you play. I mean, yeah, I've I've definitely purchased games just so I could say I've owned them. I think there's I can't I can't even count how many games that I've purchased, put in to see if they even worked. And then, you know, took them out and put them on the shelf to collect dust with the rest of the, you know, aging plastic that's on my shelves. So how do you how do you how do you pick what to play next? So the first things that come to mind, uh, there's definitely like those apps out there websites where it's kind of like a roulette. So uh, I know they do it for movies. You know, say you've got like a huge Blu-ray or DVD collection and it's the same situation. You know, you just don't know what to watch because there's just so many choices. So you input an entire database of your catalog. So your whole library is in this app or this website and you basically hit a button. It randomizes it for you and it says, hey, you want to this is the game you should play. or This is the movie you should watch. Give you a quick breakdown of it and see what it looks like. You pop it in. You're good and you're happy. You know, you leave it up uh, to the, the, the you know, uh, random Jesus. 
uh, R and Jesus. That's what it is. R and Jesus. I, I'm a big speed running fan. So when I forget what the terminology is, it blows my mind. And I get really upset. But yeah, so you leave it up to R and Jesus. Or uh, if you want to make it a little easier so you don't actually uh, have to, you know, if, for, for whatever reason, if this app doesn't exist or this website doesn't exist, TM, 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 copyright all over all of that. Uh, come to me if you want uh, exclusive rights to make such an app and sell it for 99 cents on the app store. The next thing you could possibly do is maybe go the D&D direction. That's right. Go the Dungeons and Dragons direction where it's essentially the same idea. Whereas in you're basically putting all of your games in a table. Each of those titles are listed as a number and then you just roll a D20 or a D100. However, <laughs> many games, if you're like me, it's going to be like a D1000 um, to try to figure out what, you know, leave it up to the, the, the Dungeons and Dragons gods, if that is a thing. That's got to be a thing. Dungeons and Dragons have been around forever. Um, you could do a grab bag. So this is where you physically take all of your games, every single one of them, and put it in a giant bag. Like, I'm talking like parachute bag. And then you just, you know, ruffle your hand around it and pull it out and say, boom, this is the this is the game I'm going to play. Here we go. Pop it in. You're good to go. Um, you could do uh, like a dartboard. So get a dartboard, uh, make each little square or section on the dartboard itself, have a different game title on it or, you know, a different letter or number or however you want to signify what the game is. Uh, and then just throw a dart and wherever the dart lands, it's um, it's, you know, it falls. That's the game that you play. The addendum to that would be is if you throw it and it lands in the trash, then you have to play Marble Madness because that's that's just how this works. So if you throw a dart and it lands on the trash, it's Marble Madness. Sorry. Try to hit the dartboard. You don't you don't want to play Marble Madness. So that's a couple ideas. You can have somebody else pick for you, you know? So like just, you know, if you've got kids or a wife or a husband or, you know, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, your doctor, um, gynecologist, um, you know, your psychologist, your sociologist, um, your lawyer, if you have a guy who does your taxes. Um, if you have a guru that you go to, maybe you're, uh, the guy who runs your spin class, you know, you could ask them, say, Hey, here's a list of games that I've got. I don't know what to play next. You know, what can I, what can I do? Realistically, what's going to happen though, is if you take any of these suggestions and you say, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and I'm going to, you know, pick this game. Here's the game. I'm going to, you're going to pick that game and it's not going to be a game you want to play. I can guarantee 99 times out of hundred, every time you pick a game out, you're not going to want to play it. Cause it's either not a good game or you've already played it or it's just boring and there's nothing there. And then you're going to realize, Oh, I don't want to play this game. I'd rather play a game. That's more like X or more like Y. And it'd be like, and that's the game that you play. So all of this is for not just so you know, like you're, you're, tr you're training your brain to be like, Oh no, I want it to be random. I want somebody just to decide my fate for me. And then when that happens and you realize that that outcome is trash, you're just going to remember whatever game you really want to play. That's what's going to happen. Or you could do like I do and be so consumed in buying new games every time you're out and about, you just don't have time to play games anymore. So what does it even matter? Playing games is for the week. Just buy them, put them on your shelf, let them collect dust. And then when you die, you can be buried with them. Boom. I got a sweet nifty little game fact here. This comes from the Madden NFL 95 board for the Super NES. It's entitled Shifty Eyes. And those shifty eyes are uh, that that's in asterisks. God, where's my brain right now? Uh, and this is from GameFAQs user Quinn Gary. Quinn Gary. Ha ha ha. Go Jags. Go Jags. That's it. That's all he's got. Now, for those who don't know about American football, the Jaguars uh, football team here in the United States. And 
at first I was like, oh, this is just, you know, this is just that this is a poking the bear situation. This, you know, when I first read this, I was like, oh, this guy, you know, he's just he's being funny. You know, go Jags. Ha ha. This might that's the team I root for. And then I got curious. What were the Jaguars like in 1995? So I went ahead and pulled up the information. The Jaguars ended dead last AFC Central with a four wins and 12 losses. They were dead last. Now, my beloved Cincinnati Bengals ended a humble second place, uh, seven out of nine, where the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, had 11 out of five uh, that year. But it, it, it just when I see things like this, you know, I, I'm always looking for the underlying motive, you know, like, is this guy really going on about like, hey, go Jags? You know, this is my team. Roo, rah, rah. Here we go. But then you start digging a little deeper, right? Because this is that's that's where my mind goes. Well, I want to I really want to dig deep as to what's going on here. So it's 1995. They are dead last in their division. Four out of 12. That is a very poor season. I know as a Cincinnati Bengals fan for the past 15 years, I beg for a four and 12. Like that's, that's what we're holding for. Like if we can at least hit four and 12, like it's a, it's been a good year for the Cincinnati Bengals. You can tell that I am a, I'm not jaded whatsoever when it comes to uh, our, our local sports teams. Uh, don't even get me started on baseball. So go Jags. Okay. So not so good as a football team in and of itself. Maybe, maybe the go Jags is actually for the mascot Jacksonville Jaguar. It's a real Jaguar. I mean, there's a guy in a suit who runs up and down the field while, you know, the team's playing, but they have like an actual Jaguar, you know, with a handler on, you know, and special occasion. So there's a there's a legit Jaguar cat that's like chilling at these football games where there's like you know hundreds of thousands of people. This thing could just easily, you know, go nuts and start mauling everything. Maybe that's what he's who he's rooting for. He's rooting for the mascot. He's rooting for that live Jaguar just to go nuts, you know, just to leave a. Pools of bloodshed everywhere. Do not root for mascots. That is not something you want to do. You don't want to root for mascots. You don't want to root for the referees or the umpires. That's referees in football. Umpires in baseball. You don't want to root for the referees. You definitely don't want to root for the team. Okay. You don't want to root for the team. You need to sit silently, stoically, and just watch the game. Because the second you start rooting for something, that's when everything turns. Okay, you know, that's when all the bells go off. That's when the lights come on. The cameras are recording now. The second you make any kind of this. So this guy, it's like his one last, it's like his one last stance. You know what? Go Jags. Go Jacksonville Jaguars. Go Jaguar. That's probably an endangered species. They're near threatened. That is awful. Population is decreasing. Good grief. Man, they only live up to 15 years in the wild. That's terrible. That's my God. That's just so short. 210 pounds. It gets up to 210 pounds. I'm bigger than that thing, but I'm terrible because these things run fast, don't they? Oh, uh, here we go. We're going down the Jaguar hole. This is another thing you don't want to do. You do not want to go down the Jaguar hole. Beast of prey. Oh, God, that's what it means. That's yes. You know what? Go Jags. This is what they deserve. Their population is diminishing. They've got nowhere to go. They only live 15 years. Go Jags. Absolutely. All right. We're going to send off to the treasure chest. So I had a lovely email sent to me from a very good friend of mine that I am very excited to talk about. Um... Not only to read his email because he makes a lot of great points in some of the past episode stuff that I've said, 
Uh, but he also has a very excellent podcast that uh, I will mention at the end. And I'm going to leave a link in the show notes so you can check it out. So uh, let me go ahead and says, hi, Eric. That's me. In case everybody forgot already. I would like to pick your brain for a second and respond to a little of the Mega Man talk. LOL. This guy's already laughing. Can you believe it? He's already laughing. In the 80s, we dealt with a lot of changing games to produce longevity and better our skills, recognize patterns, and find that replay so worth it. Of course, we got that in Ninja Gaiden, Castlevania, quite possibly one of the most difficult games, Ghosts and Goblins. Tough game. Now that modern games have introduced these Souls games as a new difficult or hard games, I ask you, should there ever be a modern game that challenges gamers like the old NES games by removing saves, limit checkpoints, and present to them passwords with no cheats? Could a AAA developer or publisher do it? Last but not least, the slide factor... Oh, here we go. The slide factor was to keep the spirit of Mega Man from ducking. Beside that, MM3 was easy to beat, but odd in its robot selection. MM2 levels were tighter, music, bosses, and that infuriating level beam stage look and play much better. Without taking anything away from Mega Man 3, Mega Man 2 evolved your Mario platform jumping, while 3 gave that safety net of not having to worry about making my hands sweaty. (laughs) Man, sweaty hands. I am definitely a sweaty hander. All in all, I think Mega Man 2 gives a true experience and balance than 3, but it's also your thoughts and reasons, and you're not wrong. Keep up the amazing work. And hope to have you back on the optional opinion, Edward Varnell, a.k.a. Eddie V. Eddie, thank you so much. You can follow Eddie on uh, Twitter, that's Retro Code. Uh, it's exactly what it sounds like. So we got to break this down piece by piece because Eddie's calling me out. Uh, so first off, um, so you make an excellent point. Could a AAA developer or publisher go back and make what it would be a quasi uh, NES uh, hard game, you know, by taking out saves, remo- limiting checkpoints, that kind of thing? Um, so, no, that's just not a AAA developer or publisher. That's for sure. We we live in a society now where these games just there's no money in them from a AAA developer standpoint, or I guess I should say a publisher standpoint, uh, because you are automatically eliminating half of your audience. Um, I can say that somebody who's been playing games for, geez, I don't know, like 30 years, I would very much rather have a an experience playing through the game and experiencing everything that it has rather than trying to find a challenge which means I typically play games on the easiest setting, provided I can still experience the game as it's meant to be played. So you run into issues like that with Cuphead, where if you put it on the easier setting, then it actually it removes boss phases out of the, the boss fight, which, you know, you're still basically getting the experience of something that's very difficult and that's fun to watch and is interesting and very twitchy to play. Um, but you do lose a little bit of that. I will say if any model needs to be followed when it comes to creating what would be considered an old NES hard game. It's definitely Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight has so many aspects in it that let you play the game the way you want to play it. So for instance, uh, you mentioned limiting checkpoints. One of the things that Shovel Knight does is there are actually, you know, obviously there are checkpoints throughout the level, but you can destroy those checkpoints and by doing so, you get a ton of, you know, gold and gems and rupees and stuff like that that you can later take to a town and buy and sell goods and that kind of thing. But if you die, then you just go back to the checkpoint 
that is the closest. So if you've already destroyed the checkpoint and then you die, you have to go back even farther. That is allowing the player to create their own difficulty, which I find amazing. Passwords with no cheats. I mean, can you really do a password system anymore that doesn't have cheats? Like, you know, doing a save game is so easy now. You know, the only reason to have any kind of password would be to put cheats in it, I would think, you know, but there's so few games that have cheats anymore. Uh, That is kind of a whole different thing by itself. Like, I feel like there should be a renaissance when it comes to password systems. There needs there, there has to be some sort of very interesting way to use a password nowadays that doesn't involve just saving your game. I don't know what that would be. Uh, but I'd be interesting to like sit down and talk to somebody about that to kind of hash out some ideas. There's probably something cool there. Um, but yeah, I think it's just not going to happen with the AAA developer. Like it's it's definitely going to be an indie thing. Uh, it is kind of like that niche area now. You know, you've already when it comes to an indie game, you're basically already limiting your audience. So why not, you know, limit it even further and just blow it out completely and just, you know, completely tap into that uh, that market to give, you know, the gamer what they want. So. But I feel like more games should should look at the template that is Shovel Knight and take that as this is the framework and we need to build off of it. Much like many games did back in the 80s and 90s with Super Mario Brothers, you know, especially with platformers. They would say this is the this is how you do a platforming game. Now we need to add whatever our twist is or whatever our flavor is, you know, and um, even though, you know, a lot of people feel like it's, you know, cheating, I guess, or copying. Who cares, man? It's just. Play some games. God, you can go on Steam. I could find you all kind of copycat games. It's terrible. All right. So back to the to the, the Mega Man 3, Mega Man 2 mess. You, all right. So Eddie makes tons of great points. The one thing I didn't know or I hadn't even considered was the fact that the slide factor would be in the, the spirit of Mega Man so that Mega Man doesn't duck. That blows my mind. I never even thought of that. You know, it's kind of the same idea with Samus and Metroid. The reason why she doesn't crawl or duck, like she just turns into a ball because like that's her thing. That's just what she does. It's the you get to this to the the same result, but just in a different way. And that blows my mind. I never you know, I've never put those together until now. I guess the only thing that still kind of bothers me is like it still just isn't that intuitive when it comes to the game. Like I feel like the slide should maybe do something else rather than, you know, basically crawl quickly. I don't know, though, like because I keep going back to that stupid the to the dash, the stupid dash of Mega Man X. Like, I just feel like there should be something more with that, that uh, that slide. But, man, that is a great point. Um, is Mega Man 3 easier? Definitely. It's way easier. Um, is it as balanced? You know what? I'm probably going to have to go back and play these games. I really need to, like, get a true like play one after the other, because typically what happens is like I'll play Mega Man 2 and I'll put it down because I've had my fill. And then, you know, months, even years down the road, I'll pick up Mega Man 3 and be like, oh, yeah, I need to play this. And then I'll play through that and put it down and, you know, months. I need to like, I really need to sit down and do like a comparison because I feel like I'm a huge Mega Man fan, especially of like the 8-bit Mega Mans. And I feel like I need to, like, I need to sit down and like really rank these games out because it's like I'm tired of trying to like go back and forth. Cause you just never know anymore, you know, cause the older you get, the more cynical you get and you don't have time and blah, blah, blah. So like, you know what? I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to sit down and like really play through these eight bit Mega Man games and like really kind of figure out what, you know, what is the top, you know, what is the list? You know what I mean? Uh, so thank you so much, Eddie, for uh, writing into the podcast. You, if if any of you would also like to write into the podcast, you can do so. Uh, mail goes to mail at capital dot com. Uh, just the subject line. You just put, you know, when all else fails or fails or something like that. Um, 
Eddie does have an amazing podcast that's called Optional Opinion. He is extremely knowledgeable uh, on the entire scene from past to present. Uh, he talks about everything from handheld to retro to modern to arcades, um, just everything under the sun. It's a very good podcast if you're into video games just in general. Uh, I highly recommend it. Optional Opinion. You can just search for it on Google. It's the first link. I think it takes you to the Apple uh, podcast um, or I'm, I'm pretty sure it's on Stitcher. I think it's on SoundCloud. Uh, Eddie, you'll have to remind me. And, but I'll have links in the show notes. Highly recommended. I mean, granted, I did do an episode, uh, which was a ton of fun. Thank you again. Uh, so yeah, there you go. Thank you, Eddie, so much. Um, again, optional opinion. Check it out. Got another question here. I'm thinking about getting a tattoo somewhere on my body. Of course, I'm wanting to get something that's video game related, so I need help picking out which tattoo and where to put it. And that's signed Mystery Inked. Tattoos, tattoos. All right, so I've got a couple of tattoos. I've got three, actually. Um, one of them is video game related. Um, it was actually the first tattoo I ever got was a video game. So it's a tattoo. I have it on my back shoulder blade. Uh, it's of Link, of course, right? Favorite game of all time. Uh, Link from The Legend of Zelda in a very kind of striking pose uh, with the Master Sword. It looks great. I'm very happy with the work. I got it done a long time ago, and it still looks great. So I'm happy with it. Very, you know, I, I've always considered getting more video game related tattoos and kind of fell off. You know, I got a, a Star Wars tattoo on my leg. I've got a established 1985 on the inside of my arm. So everybody knows when I was born. So I don't forget, you know, I'm a building now. I'm a piece of property i had to brand myself apparently so i'll say this up front tattoos are permanent for the most part uh, they are fairly expensive also for the most part uh they're very expensive to get rid of and they are painful just letting you know but if you are dead set on getting a tattoo there are things you need to know so here's my quick getting a tattoo 101 here it is um where you get it on your body is going to determine the amount of pain I might sound, you know, nonsensical, but you would be surprised. Uh, so the closer to the bone, the more it's going to hurt. Uh, size obviously plays a factor. Uh, when I was getting mine done, you could only be getting tattooed for so many hours at a time because then your body just goes in this weird epidemic shock, you know, and it's like starts shutting down because it's like this very it's hard to explain. I'm sure there's a word for it. I'm not smart enough for words. That's why I do a podcast. So just so you know, all of those things are very important. So where do you want it? Obviously, I mean, if it's if it's a tattoo and you're really wanting to get a tattoo, you want to show it off. Right. So it's got to be something that you want in a place where it's easily accessible, you know, like on your arm or your leg or, you know, maybe the small part of your back or something like that. Um, you don't want to get face tattoos um, because that's it's most of the time that it's, you know, they get misspelled for uh, unhirable. So no face tattoos. Not recommended. Uh, I, you know, it's your body. Do what you want. I don't recommend it. We here at When All Else Fails do not recommend face tattoos. I'm just going to put that out there. So, you know, whatever you want to get, that's fine. Let's talk about the type of tattoo you want to get. So I'm sure you've got your list of games that you really enjoy. There's those characters that you really want to get. They're probably all from Smash Brothers. So you can just go through the character list at Smash Brothers. You know, Nessie or uh, the Green Plumber, the Blue Plumber. Um that rodent that moves really quickly, you know, they're all there. So for me, I got Link from The Legend of Zelda. It's my favorite game. I wanted him in a very dramatic pose. I wanted to get 
the image from the instruction manual for the NES uh, Legend of Zelda, the original Legend of Zelda, where he's kind of, you know, uh, where he's kind of, you know, like bent on his knee and he's like looking out into the horizon, you know, holding the wooden sword. But then you realize that it kind of looks like he's wearing a skirt because he's got no leggings. He's not wearing anything under that. It would look weird on a body. That's another thing you have to remember because you can't do a ton of detail on something like that. So the, the, the picture has to be, you know, kind of ambiguous, I guess is the word. That's probably not the word. I like that word though. Ambiguous. It just, I just didn't think it was going to work out, you know? So like, keep that in mind, you know? So like, if you want a giant Kirby that looks like he's sucking in your belly button, that's not a bad idea. It's a big, you know, ball. You can't really go wrong with a big ball on your belly. Or, you know, if you could do maybe your favorite power up from the game. So, you know, you've got your one ups from Mario Brothers. You've got your uh, your E tanks from Metroid. That's not a bad idea. I could do that. You know, here's with the invention of technology. Walk with me for a second. We're going on a journey. So with the invention of technology, things are ever changing, right? New games are coming out. Old games that you thought were good are no longer good. Bad games are good again, blah, 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 blah. Opinions change, community changes. You know, this is, we we live in a melting pot of a community when it comes to video games. Like, they, you know, things are just so random all the time. You know, you can never really guess where, where things are headed. You know, like it's because you, you take a gamble. So like I took a gamble getting Link on my shoulder blade. He could turn out to be like a, you know, a child murderer in one game. Who knows? Nintendo's crazy. So how would that look me walking around with a child murderer? On my shoulder blade. That's ridiculous. But, you know, that's the that's the gamble you take. So with the advancement of technology, what you could do, what you could do is get a QR tagged tattooed on your body. Now, for those who don't know, QR tags are basically like these little square uh, black and white. They're all kind of like weird looking on the inside, but it's just, you know, it's a basic square, like a one inch square. Um, and then there's, you know, a, a black and white pattern on the inside and ba- and what you do is you take a picture of it with your phone and then that just shoots you to a link on the internet. So you get a QR, you register a QR tag and you get that tattooed on your body. Then you have the ability to link that tattoo or that tattoo QR code to anything. You can link it to, you know, a picture of your favorite video game character. It could be whatever is the hottest YouTube video at the time. You like gifts. It could be a meme. It could be anything. You could literally make it anything. You could make it like your own, you know, it could be like a business card. You know, when you meet somebody and you're trying to exchange information, be like, oh, hey, just take a picture of my QR code on my body. And then, you know, you're good to go. And then that's just, that's me. That's my information. So it doesn't just have to be a, you know, a video game character. Like you, that, oh God, it could be anything. It could be a video game. That's your, okay, imagine that. Holy cow. Imagine that. Imagine getting a QR code tattooed on your body. Then you take a picture of it. It links you to a video game, like your favorite video game. Or it can take you to a video on YouTube of you playing your favorite video game. Whoa, that's a great idea. That is, so there is a, you know, there's always, there's good and bad and everything. Just keep this in mind. If you go the QR code route, make sure that you have full availability of that QR code. Do not let that bad boy lapse because you do not want to fall into the trivial pursuit Heinz ketchup situation, which if, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, go online, search QR code, trivial pursuit Heinz ketchup, and you should find a fairly interesting news story pop up. I'm going to go ahead and spoil it for you. 
they let it lapse and then some porn website picked it up. So now every restaurant that you go to that has the Heinz ketchup on the table and the plastic little squeeze ball, squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. And it's got the Trivial Pursuit on the back and it's like, oh, take a picture of this QR code and then you can play a game while you're waiting for your foods. Yeah, that went straight to a porn site. So don't let that happen. If you're going the QR code way, just, you know, do your due diligence. Stay on it, you know, or just don't get tattoos because, again, they're permanent. I mean, I, I need to get a new tattoo. Got a fresh and tasty game fact. This comes from the Rampage board for the NES entitled Why No Ralph? And this is from Game Facts user Megalode? Magalode? Mangelode? Mangie? Mangelode? This is BS, you know. Chuck E. Cheese has him. WTF. Maybe they'll add him as DLC. Three question marks. No Ralph. No Ralph and Rampage for the NES. That's right. There wasn't. It was just George, the gorilla. I think he was a gorilla. Was he an ape? Ape gorilla. I'm not playing that game anymore. Grape. He's a grape. He's a grape. And he had Lizzie, the giant, you know, lizard Godzilla creature character thing for the NES. But for the arcade, there was a third character. It was Ralph. He was a werewolf. He was always my favorite character. But then again, and the second master system had all three characters. Anyway, so is it BS that Ralph is an end rampage? Absolutely. He is a fun, fine palette swap of the other two characters. Chuck E. Cheese has him. WTF. Yeah, WTF? Chuck E. Cheese has him? Like where? Where is he? Is he like chained up in a basement somewhere? Like got a gag in his mouth and he's like, you know, pushing plates of food underneath the door, not letting him out of the of the dark? What do you mean? Where where Chuck E. Cheese has him? The mouse, like the Chuck E. Cheese mouse or like, you know, Nolan Bushnell, who owns the company. Who is Ch- who's Chuck E. Cheese? Where is Ralph? Why does he have him? That's I mean, is there an open investigation? I mean, this is this is a hot take. I don't know. This is a hot. It's a steaming hot take right here. Is nothing being done? Has he really been missing all this? Has, I mean, is Ralph on the side of a milk jug, you know, missing Ralph from Rampage on the NES? Rumor has it that Chuck E. Cheese has him. <laughs> Why is this the first I've heard of it? Like this is serious news. What's this serious breaking news right now? Dang, Mang's load. Why didn't you, you know, did you report it to the police? Do you got pictures or something? Like, do they, does Chuck E. Cheese want to ransom? Or is it just one of those things that's like, hey, I've got Ralph, okay? Stop destroying buildings, Lizzie and George, because that's what they, that's what you do in the game. You just go across the US destroying the buildings and stuff, eating people, taking out tanks. Smoking cigars and then spitting them out because you're not supposed to smoke a cigar. It's actually a good rule for kids. Don't smoke cigars. That's unbelievable. I mean, yeah, they just, yeah, WTF. I agree. Maybe they'll add him as DLC. Man, it's been. When did Rampage come out on the NES? 86. 86. It's been 32 years. Almost 33. No DLC yet. I mean, I'm still holding out. I don't know about you guys. I could hold out for some DLC. 86. Come on now. Just add Ralph. Find out where he's at. Find out where Chuck E. Cheese has him. Bust down the door. Bring in the SWAT crew. Do a little, you know, pop pop to the door. That big, whatever that, like that bullhorn thing, whatever it is. I don't know what it's called. Or maybe you could just cook some pizza and then like have it, the smell go underneath the door. Chuck E. Cheese loves pizza, right? That's the only thing you can order there. The Chuck E. Cheese restaurant's pizza. It's not very good pizza, but, you know, it's pizza, so you're going to eat it. Everybody loves pizza. 
coax him out. And then like the second he opens the door, like you just jump him and nab him, you know, like handcuffed Chuck E. Cheese. And they go rushing in, you know, making sure it's not like set up like Saw in his dungeon where he's got like traps, booby traps and stuff everywhere. You know, you want to make sure you got the layout of the joint before you just go rushing in. And then you got to find Ralph. Oh, man, there's your game idea. Boom. So George and Lizzie go like Saw style trying to find where Ralph is. And Chuck E. Cheese, he's Jigsaw. So you're not just, you know, breaking down entire buildings. Like you're just going like one by one, but busting in doors. So you're not, you're not big giant, you know, it's not like King Kong and Godzilla style. It's, you know, you're probably more like the Hulk. Well, the Hulk's huge now too. He wouldn't used to be. The Hulk didn't used to be that big. I don't know if you guys know that. These these Marvel movies are getting a little extreme with these things. I mean, the Hulk was only maybe like, supposed to be like six foot two or something like that when he like hulked out. But I guess if you want him to be incredible, he's got to be, you know, two stories tall. All right. Marvel's probably good. Marvel knows what they're doing. Not me. But there you go. That's that's the game I want to play. Oh, man. If I could play that game and solve this kidnapping all at once. Boom. There you go. That is an experience I want to enjoy right now. Let's go. All right, before we wrap things up, uh, we have to let you know that we are part of the Capital Idea Radio Podcasting Network. You can check out this show, past episodes, and other cool shows that are on the network by going to CapitalIdeaRadio.com. If you would like to help form this podcast, much like my good friend Eddie V did, uh, email goes to mail at CapitalIdeaRadio.com. Uh, like I said, you can just put when all else fails in the subject line or fails. They'll get it to me somehow. I don't know how it works. Internet. I don't. All I do is sit in front of a microphone and jabber on. Um, or if you want to get real intimate to me, you can get equipped into my DM over on Twitter at Eric Hunter. Uh, and before we want to wrap up the show, we want to talk about what is going to be the next Super Mario power up and discuss how we can implement it in the next Super Mario game. Bacon. I'm going to tell you right now, if Mario was baking in my house, he's not going to live much longer. I love bacon. I am Eric M. Hunter handing out high fives and swan dives when all else fails. You were almost a Jill sandwich. Capital idea. Creating some of the best audio entertainment to put in your ear holes. At least, we think so.